0: Welcome to The Brad and Taylor Show. Today we have Ryan Diesenroth.
1: You're listening to The Brad and Taylor Show, a podcast that inspires entrepreneurs to pursue their passions. We're sitting down with some of the best to learn how they got started and some lessons they learned along the way.
0: Hey, Ryan, how's it going?
2: Hey, I'm great. How are you guys?
0: We're
1: good. We're doing good. We're doing good. So what exactly do you do, Ryan?
2: So uh, I'm a realtor with Social House Real Estate Group.
1: Nice. How long have you uh, been in real estate?
2: I have been licensed, so I'm going on my fourth year here. I think July will make it four years. That's awesome. Three years. That's awesome. Time flies. I can't even keep track.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? You're like, "Uh, what are we at? Where are we at? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So when you were younger, is this what you had planned when you grew up, or what was your whole plan? I
2: mean, no, I I don't know. There's probably some people who are like, yeah, I'm really interested in a a career in real estate as a a young child or something. Um, I think like like most, you know, little boys and little girls or many little boys and little girls, you know, you dream of, of playing professional sports. And um, so I, you know, I played sports growing up, I, I, but I never got to like the collegiate level or anything like that. Um, really liked soccer. I, am I'm, uh, I'm only five foot six though. So my stature wasn't really conducive to, uh, to being a professional athlete. So it kind of was, uh, was left to a more traditional career path, I guess. Um, yeah. And, what... Yeah. I never really envisioned real estate. That's yeah, yeah. awesome.
1: So what, what, other, uh, what other things have you done?
2: Yeah, so um, I graduated from Michigan State, um, I don't know how long ago that was, over a decade ago, and I had a couple, I don't know, I had like two, three, four, five different jobs, cycling through jobs right when I graduated. Finally found a, a company that I uh, you know, worked for for a long period of time where I felt like I had had a good career, um, and I kind of started climbing the the corporate ladder and um, I, I still, even at that point in time, like wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do with my life, but it was a good landing spot. They uh, they ended up paying for my MBA. I, I, did, I did a bunch of different things and, and it was a, a large um, property and casualty insurance company. So I worked in claims and operations and finance. Uh, they paid for my MBA and I thought, you know, like I, I was kind of progressing through the ranks and held different leadership positions and felt like I would leverage that to um, you know, to like take my career in, in a different direction. And I didn't even know what direction that was. Um, but my wife, so coincidentally enough, my wife was working with my, um, with Eric Wright, who started the brokerage I'm at social house group. She did some freelance marketing work for him. And so like backtrack four years ago or so, right. When I got into real estate, um, I, I just, I don't know why it dawned on me, but I saw she was putting together some promotional materials for him. I'm like, that seems kind of interesting. I always had like kind of an affinity for, for homes. I'm I'm, I'm like probably the general population where your neighbor that you, you've never been in their house, they have a, a for sale or an open house sign. And you kind of just pop in to be a creep because you like seeing the insides <laughs> of houses, you know, like everyone likes seeing houses. So I think, you know, I, I, in, in that regard, I, I, real estate interested me. But I never saw a career in that. And so after Eric and I talked, I felt like there was a lot of overlap in uh, some of the skills that I'd acquired in, in corporate America. And I, I'd always worked in service industry. So um, it just seemed like it might be a good fit. And uh, the rest is, rest is history. I've been, uh, been doing it for the last uh, three to four years.
0: Nice. So take us to that first transaction you had. How did that go?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Eric held my hand through a lot of it actually. So it was, I had had some guidance there. You know, I think like a lot of like young realtors, you you go into it and um, it was actually my first client was a buy sell. So that was great. And, um, you know, Eric kind of like helped me through the process, but it was, it was rocky. It wasn't, um, it's never as simple as you envision it would be. And even to this day, you know, I, of course, like I, I have more experience, but it, there's, a, there's always something new happening with each transaction.
0: Right, yeah, I think that's pretty common too. You go into it thinking, okay, I got this, and then you get there and there's a lot of paperwork. So okay. yeah. <laughs> you gotta Third go through it.
2: Like it's one thing to go through the coursework, and like, oh, I'm good, I'm, uh, I'm gonna a yep. realtor now. And then all of a sudden you get your first deal, it's like, okay, like what do I do?
0: Right, <laughs> yep, I think that's a lot more common than people actually think. <laughs> nice. So what is, let's switch it a little bit. What is the worst property that you have been to?
2: <laughs> worst property. <laughs> um, so the address, no, I'm just kidding. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I So uh, the worst property I've been to, I, I have an investor client that I work with who flips homes and, um, you know, investment properties are, are typically sold as is. And mm-hmm. usually they aren't the move in ready per se. Um, we went to one home that I remember in particular where, you know, this was during COVID, so we're in our mass. But when you walked in the house, like, you knew that there was lots of animals that lived there. The animals weren't there. But uh,
0: but you, you can know. tell. You couldn't yeah. see
2: Yeah, <laughs> It was uh, yeah, pungent. Um, and so, yep. like, through the mass <laughs> and everything, and, you know, holes in the walls. It felt like the house was going to cave in on us. And and funny enough, though, actually, so we put an offer in on that property. And we, we didn't actually win it. But uh, the worst property that I've ever been to was one that I put an offer in on That's, that's kind of complicated. But, <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Yeah, but yeah. It, it had potential, or else you wouldn't yep. have done that.
2: It did, yeah. Lots of potential.
0: <laughs> After you potential. get all that carpet cleaned or the floors ripped out or whatever you got to do. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So when you uh, when you started out in the business, is there any uh, advice you kind of got at the beginning that kind of helped you along the way?
2: Yeah. Um, I think the biggest, the most impactful advice that I've ever gotten was to try to remove the re- uh, the emotion out of the transaction. So, and I found when I kind of first got started that in some ways, I kind of like carry the emotion of my clients into the deal. And I I learned that that was very problematic in in a number of scenarios, you know? And so, of course, like I'm there to be, you know, my my client's advocates and and I'm their biggest cheerleader and I'm there to do what's right by them. But sometimes I, you know, whether we're negotiating after uh, the inspection or negotiating the terms of the purchase contract, like I, I just... Yeah, I I was probably a little bit overly emotional because I just, I was so gung ho to do what was right by my clients. And it got me in a few situations that like helped me learn. And so uh, now I kind of know like, Hey, my role is to certainly like do right by my clients, but they're going through the most emotional, one of the most emotional times of their life, you know, probably the biggest transaction they've ever been involved in. So I need to be kind of like that, that calming presence and the one who can come in objectively and really make sure that like the transaction transaction goes off off smoothly and be a barrier for that because I've you know I've passed some information along from clients about how they're feeling to other realtors early on it's like oh it creates some weird contentious relationship or there's so many so many things that you know could could go wrong so I think the biggest piece of advice that I ever got pretty early on was hey like let's well, try to remove the emotion out of it and, and be more of a a guide throughout the process right. And, You know, you wear a lot of hats as a realtor and you're, of course, you're an agent, but you're kind of like a therapist at times, you're like a sounding board, you know, and so like, I I need to, you know, absorb all that and then go through the the transaction uh, objectively. Do you have
0: any advice on how you could leave out that emotion and you just be the middle guy at that point? Because I know this is a pretty emotional decision for a lot of buyers and sellers. So how do you go about that? How would you leave that out?
2: Yeah, Because um, you want to be really personal
0: question. without being Yeah, yeah.
2: Attached. No, definitely. Um so I don't know. I mean I think that through after going through a few experiences where I realized that my emotions kind of got in the way of achieving the result that we wanted or complicated things a bit. Mm-hmm that's when I was able to really take a step back. And I think, you know, like with anything, you know, practice makes perfect. So it's something I, you know, that I, I try to remain cognizant of every time that I'm going through a, a challenging conversation or I'm dealing with a difficult negotiation. Uh, but I think awareness is really like the, the first step. And then, you know, just kind of like keeping that at the forefront of your mind and, and recognizing that, you know, what your role is and the implications of, of passing that emotion from your clients onto the other side and what that can do.
0: Yeah. For sure. If you could start all over again with $1,000, how would you spend that first $1,000? Is there anything that you would do differently?
2: Um, you know, funny enough, I, I think I'd probably spend it the exact same way that I did. Uh, so um, I, I don't know if you guys know much about our brokerage social house, uh, but our our whole model is predicated on leveraging social media and tools um, to, you know, help sell our clients homes faster and, and quicker and use that like a legion, there's all sorts of things. And so like social media is our bread and butter and the first thousand bucks and many thousands of dollars after that, that I sunk into the business was on, um, was leveraging social media essentially. And that's, what's really helped my business thrive and flourish. Um, so I probably would, I would do that again for sure. Um, what I might do differently, um, maybe not as it pertains to, to like how I would spend that money, but I feel like you can never have enough knowledge. And so I kind of like, you know, went through the licensing course and I just dove right in. And I don't know how you do it. Like how you, it, it, certainly a lot of this is experiential and, and, you know, like you go through everything and you, you, you learn um, from your mistakes and from your successes. Uh, but I think maybe if I, I might like take more coursework that was, you know, centered around the actual like transactions because the pre-license or coursework is, is not that. Yeah, so a lot of yeah. regulation and just kind of like big picture things, but in practicality, a lot of it, you know, you, you don't come across in your day-to-day transactions. Right. So uh, maybe gaining a little bit better knowledge base on the front end, but you know what, through trial and I think I, I figured a lot of it. I don't figure.
1: Yeah, for when you guys uh, you guys said you uh, do a lot of social media stuff. Um, what kind of platforms do you guys use at the moment?
2: Yeah. So Facebook is our bread and butter, really. Um, my bread and butter, a little bit on Instagram and then, you know, I, I've like kind of like flirted with the idea of, um, uh, trying to do something maybe with Snapchat, but, um, really it's Facebook and then to a lesser extent Instagram.
1: Gotcha. Have you done any TikTok yet?
2: No, no. And that's actually something I need to do. No, and I, I should back up too because a lot of the folks in my brokerage are doing like these really cool, like creative short videos on TikTok. I see it all over the place. I'm i I'm a late adopter, I guess. Uh, so I need I, and that's something that's really gaining some momentum. So I probably thank you for, for pushing me to do that. This is what I need. <laughs>
1: yep. There we go. You guys heard it here first. So when's that first video coming out?
2: <laughs> yeah. Right now you're going to hold me accountable. Um, I don't know. Like uh, let's say we'll shoot for uh, the first week of June.
1: There we go. There okay. we go.
0: So by the time this is posted, everyone will be able to see that.
1: Let's go see video. that video.
2: You guys are really making it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So sweet. <laughs> I'm excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what kind of goals do you have going forward in the next year that you want to achieve?
2: Um. So I'd say like from I'll give two goals. I guess one's um from like a personal sales volume. I'd like to hit ten million dollars in personal volume, um, as kind of like a less I don't know, less tangible, but as like a different type of goal, I'd like to get inside, get into the investment side of things. So, um, I'd really like to have within the next year, my first rental property or two and kind That's of explore awesome. that side of things.
1: That's awesome. I like it. Is there any, uh, like business books that you've read that you could recommend to anyone kind of starting out in the business?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would say so.
1: I see that big stack behind you. I just wonder what it
2: was. (laughs) (laughs) I would be lying. There's more around the house too. I'd be lying if I said I read all of them, but I've read a fair amount. Um, It's funny enough, that's one of my goals like this year is to read more, which I'm not doing too well with. So I need to kind of recenter there. But um, so the the most recent book I read, uh, coincidentally, my brother-in-law is a a New York Times bestselling author. Mm -hmm. And he just came out with a book a few weeks ago called Big Little Breakthroughs. And it's about how Um, you know, everyday little innovations actually breed, you know, like creative results. And it's not like you just swing your wand and all of a sudden, like, you know, magic happens. Um, So that was the most recent book I read. I'd recommend that if you're looking at, um, you know, trying to become more creative or innovating um, and kind of like breaking down that notion of, you know, it all happens, you're born with it or it's magic, you know. Um, another one I would say is really good is To Sell is Human by Daniel Pink, I think that's actually back there. Um, it just kind of talks about the art and science of sales and, and of course I'm in sales, but it, it's applicable to anyone even not in the industry, um, you know, and it, it talks about your everyday life too. And then um, I, I guess one other would be uh, The One Thing by, uh, by Gary Keller and that is something that i kind of go back to all the time because i'm a little bit scattered and um you know i find that like i get there's so many distractions right my like emails going off taxes blowing up and of course like you you try and balance like the responsiveness aspect because that's like great client satisfaction um but also knowing that like that that's not like what's driving some of your business forward right so i'm so quick to clear my email do i have to clear this email so like thinking about the one thing that you can do to drive your business forward uh, and, and for me, I mean, that's like prospecting and, and lead generation, following up on leads. If I don't have clients, I don't have you know a role. So um, it helps me whenever I'm like kind of getting distracted, that helps me get centered and always boil it down to like, what is the one most simple thing I can do to drive favorable outcomes? So uh, that's not one, that's three books, but for whatever. Sort of thing. Yeah, I like it.
1: All, I like it. I like it. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to share with everyone before we go?
2: Uh, No, I I think that's it. I I appreciate you guys having me. had a good time. And, um, yeah, thanks so much.
1: Sweet. Well, hey, thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us today.
2: Thanks. Have a good one, guys.
1: Hello? Hello? Are you there?